So I, I already kind of feel like we're we're talking about stuff that honestly I'd be <laughs> fine. I'd like want all of this to be like recorded yeah. and on the <laughs> honest. So well, I'm actually sorry, man. <laughs> no, dude, I, I get it completely. <laughs> Let's just I'm just gonna say screw it. Hi everybody. Uh, I'm here with Fabio Paiva, who uh, is a new but good friend of mine. So um, he's it, it would be an understatement to say that he's one of the people that I've wanted to bring to this channel the most uh, over the last several months. Do you want to tell everybody sort of uh, what you do? What brought you here? <laughs> well, what brought me here was uh, <laughs> our similar interests. Uh, it's also an honor to finally be able to talk to and uh, with voice. Yeah, this only is great. Text. So mm -hmm. I'm happy to to be here. And I'm cu currently living in New Zealand. I'm a digital sculptor at Weta Workshop. Previously, I worked at Weta Digital. So it's all pretty close here because the country, it's, uh, it's pretty small. And in my free time, I keep, you know, philosophizing the same subjects that you <laughs> that you share with people and working on, on my, my own art, yeah. trying to maybe figure something out. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but... <laughs> who knows a lot of the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> who knows, uh, yeah. But uh, truly, Fabio is a fantastic uh, digital sculptor. Really, you do all sorts of work, honestly. Uh, you have a very wide breadth. Um, I'm going to encourage everyone to uh, go check out your stuff in all of the areas that it's available. Um, you'll have to send me links at the end of the conversation okay. for, uh, yeah, I'll just plug everything that you've got down in the description. So Thank Instagram, you. website. Um, I know you've got some new courses up that you're teaching, right? You're teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably when you release the video, I'll have my website running. So I'll show you the link later. Cool, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll get all of that in there and plug it. Um, so we, we were discussing a little bit, a little bit of this um, off camera earlier but we really we kind of had an odd start to our friendship which is that you just reached out to me via email one day and then we sort of very quickly realized that we were on the same wavelengths about yeah. a lot of things um and you know I'm, I'm just gonna all this stuff is already on the table on the channel so i'm just gonna kind of recapitulate some of that stuff which is that we really seem to meet on the position that the idea of a solid self that is somewhere hiding inside of yeah. your experience is really kind of a hard stone that gets in the way of making art a lot of the time. There, there seems yeah. to be very little utility to it in the art yeah. practice. And that for most people, um, doing whatever work you can to dissolve that very convincing sense of a solid immovable self one that must be sort of nurtured and preened uh, especially through your art which tends to be the tendency yeah. uh, any work that you can do to dissolve that is usually a benefit to the artist yeah. and uh, not in so many words but that's kind of the main focus of my channel at least um, but um, I'm very fascinated by your journey like how you got to where you are now, um, in our email conversations, we had vague, simple discussions about that, but I would really love to know, like, I try to focus on the experiential. So like, yeah. please just tell me like your journey, how you got into art, how you sort of wound up funneling into one particular area. 
But then also what I really want to know is like, what did that feel like for you while you were doing it? Like, what was the way that you experienced that? Right. Uh, not as uh, most people, I think I started pretty old and I changed from a completely different area. And if you want, I split the brain to two working modes. I, I went from left brain to right brain completely. So I went from engineering to art, civil engineering to art. And it was, it was quite late. I, I couldn't draw. I couldn't sculpt. I didn't know anatomy. I didn't know anyone. <laughs> I didn't have a tablet. I had nothing. Wow. Uh, how how, but, old, how old were you at this point, if you don't mind me interjecting? Sorry. Like when you made that switch. 24, 25. Yeah. Wow. Something like this. Good age, though. Good age to o do it. Officially, right? I started earlier, like 20s, uh, but officially, probably 25. So it took long years of uh, struggling between the two areas. At some point, at some point, I was working on two jobs at the same time, one artistic job and then the civil engineering job, Whoa. kind of not telling anyone. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> unusual. High. You don't hear that one yeah. a lot. Yeah, I gave up on on the uh, my studies and didn't tell anyone. I was was really struggling. Now that I can see, I was really struggling. So, uh, well, not getting into the details, I finally decided, uh, realized that doing only art was the way to go. So I gave up on everything else. But at that point, I didn't know anything. Uh, I had many influence, influence from other artists from Brazil at that time, and most of them were doing uh, anatomy work. It seemed to be the the one goal that you had to achieve and one direction that you had to go, and then everything else would just kind of work itself out. Uh, and then I think I, I, I just studied anatomy not knowing where it would bring me. So one job after another, it kind of brought me more more jobs, more chances to expose some some type of uh, uh, style, right? It just developed itself. Uh, but also at some point I was working with uh, archivists in 3D. Oh. It's still really technical. So the transition was really civil engineering to ArcVis and then slowly into more uh, organic. Uh, yeah, that's like 3D the that's sculpting. the complete 180 yeah. with like a good <laughs> intermediary step yeah. right there. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So it was a, a big change. I was really into the the more uh, technical sides of 3D. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to do to to do uh, professional work. You must know all the tools and all that. Uh, so I was doing the technical work with 3D and sculpting by the side. And uh, it was really chaotic because I never had really any plan to, for anything. I was really just feeling good or bad about things, giving up midway or not even starting. You know, At some point, I just uh, quit my job. I had some savings, you know, uh, which was enough for me to say, okay, I can live forever with this money. It was, <laughs> it wouldn't last that long. Uh, so I just quit my job and my plan was actually to go to California to a, I don't remember the name of the school. You probably know Concept Art Academy or something. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Is that I've, the name? Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Yeah, oh, I, right. I don't think I. I took a. I've taken a couple workshops there, like single right. day workshops, but no classes. So yeah. is it in Pasadena? It is. is that the one. It is indeed. Okay. I actually I lived for ten years in uh in oh. Pasadena, and I lived like fifteen really? minutes from that place. You know? oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that was the place. That was my plan. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to go through all the visa stuff to get uh, the American American visa. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, it was really hard. I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure why. Politics behind the countries was really hard. I had to prove that, that I wasn't you know, terrorist or really a bad person. They so. ask you a lot of questions. You have to sh open up your whole life. So I did all that. I got a visa. I saved the money. And then uh, a, a sculptor teacher, uh, a Brazilian sculptor teacher, came to me. Uh, he was, you know, uh, he was known between uh, 3D modelers in Brazil, my group. And then it opened up the chance to study with him, uh, actually sculpting, clay sculpting. And then my focus shifted completely again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the plan to go to, to the U.S. to study concept art. Right, right. Because I was really lost, even though I was doing 3D modeling and sculpting. I didn't know what to do. So 3D concepts seemed to be a, a good way to go. But then again, I, I talked to that uh, teacher and my focus changed completely. And probably I would say today that because of him, uh, his influence, not, not even his artwork, but just being around him made me realize what's possible with the human figure to explore the human figure. But again, at that time, I had no, nothing of these concepts that we, we talked about. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, just uh, it looked beautiful to me. I felt some kind of connection. I don't really know. I just uh, it was beautiful. When I look back, knowing that I had no plans, that I wasn't planning anything, I was just really reacting to whatever came to me, changing focus so quickly, you know, maybe wasting money, wasting time, if you, if you can put it that way. But when I, when I started studying with him, uh, then I, I felt a bit more focused, let's say. It didn't change. It, have, it have, hasn't changed that much from that time. So I studied with him for one year. I've, I've never been to the U.S. Wow. <laughs> I ended up not going to the U.S., not using my, my American visa. That's so interesting to have put so much work <laughs> into the process. And then, yeah. and then <laughs> you, you never even wind up going once. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so, well... We can get into more details, but from, from that time, a lot has happened. I've worked on many places, and then I slowly developed more uh, the techniques around 3D sculpting and clay sculpting. Mm -hmm. But just life brought me to New Zealand, and uh, it was easier to uh, put my efforts on uh, 3D sculpting rather than clay sculpting, even though now and then I do it. But it's not most of my time uh, spent in 3D. So it was it's, that's a big gap in this story from that time to now. But I would say that the path uh, within the organic human figure sculpting hasn't changed that much from that point. Interesting. So, yeah. um, what would be when did you wind up moving to New Zealand? Like when did that opportunity present itself? Yeah, it was I think it was five years ago. Five years ago. And at that point, I was 
I was concerned with uh, Brazilian politics. It was getting to me. I was getting really stressed out with everything. Yeah. Uh, in a similar way to people, how people are feeling in the U.S. right now, right? Mm. Of that person winning or, or losing. Yeah. Uh, so I was getting too stressed out, and then I started shooting everywhere, just trying uh, anywhere, just to uh, get out of the country. That's interesting. And how did Weta materialize? Did you apply to a job, or did someone reach out to you? Like, how did that happen specifically? At, uh, actually, Weta came after. So mm. I applied to many companies. I was working as a freelancer for four years at that time, okay. uh, just from home in Brazil. Um, and then one company from Auckland, so up north here. I'm now living in Wellington, so Auckland's way up there, like uh, 10 hours drive from here. Uh, a company from Auckland called Gameloft. Mm. It's no longer here. So mm. Gameloft is a, a French company. They make cell phone games, really simple and uh, cartoony, stylized. And then they they replied like one day after my my application. They really needed a character modeler <laughs> for their games. So the the transition from Brazil to the to New Zealand was pretty smooth actually because they they took care of everything. The company oh, nice. itself and the work itself got kind of messy in the end. They mm. actually shut down, laid off two hundred people. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a stressful one. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, Many, I've, I've been in yeah. places when that happens and it hurts. That's a, it that just a took a week. <laughs> yeah. It's like from one day to another, the whole tone changes, yeah. you know, one, everything one changes. it's one day you guys are all like, well, we're in a creative industry. This is everything. <laughs> we're all one big happy family. And then one Thursday goes wrong. And on Friday, you're all like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And for many of us, uh, the, the work visa was attached to the company. Yeah. So you either get a job on the next day or you go back to your country. And it happened to many families. You just have to go back if you don't find it. Can you imagine 200 people trying to find jobs that is so within stressful. the same area at the same time? Within the same area in like a niche yeah. industry. Like, yeah, that's, ooh, that's so stressful. Go here. Yeah. Oh my God, so stressful. <laughs> but once again, I was, I was so lucky because it took like a week for everything to break down. But I got an email from another company from Auckland. Uh, like one day before, we got the email from from HQ, from France, telling that someone was going to come to our office to talk with us. <laughs> so, so I got this email, a company, a game company from Auckland, uh, asking me to, to join them as a character modeler. And I was playing, I was playing, you know, playing tough. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to. You have to. <laughs> yeah. And then I got the email that everything was going to go down. We, we knew what was going to happen. Right? Mm -hmm. They didn't say, but we knew what was going to happen. So when, the, when everything actually went down, the company uh, uh, laid off everyone. I got a job. This uh, another company. It's another this other company. And I worked there for... I think six months. They called GGG, mm -hmm. uh, Grinding Gear Games. Hmm. They make a game that's similar to Diablo. Okay. And it's well known for this type of a game. People that like this type of game, it's well well known. Uh, so I worked there for six months. 
it wasn't good because uh, it was too far from where I was I was living. Uh, it got really uh, tiresome to to leave that routine. I would say, yeah. you know, uh, even though the place itself was was fine, a nice people, uh, the work was was okay. And then I got contacted by uh, a guy from Weta Weta Digital, and they opened up a play uh, a position to work on their human figure that they use for everything. So they have a, a base human uh, figure with bones and muscles, and they wanted to upgrade Whoa. that uh, figure because they use not only as a base mesh for everything, mm -hmm. but also simulation and everything that you imagine. Whoa, everything super interesting. connects to that figure. Super interesting. Yeah, you can uh, morph that figure to any other uh, figure that they ever created. Wow, because everything shared between one geometry, it's pretty pretty complicated. But uh, uh, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, super cool. From my side, it's, it's a human model with yeah. bones and tendons and muscles and everything. So uh, the the lead, uh, the head of department, knew I, I really. I was living. He knew I was living in New Zealand, mm. and he knew I liked anatomy stuff <laughs> how did he know that had he seen your stuff online had someone from one of these dispersions like told him about you like... he he's actually he he's the owner of a internet forum that no one uses anymore uh i forgot the name of the forum <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but I... he he created one forum uh it was really technical uh, that forum so a lot of artists from the industry were part of that that place mm -hmm. So I was posting there. At the time, there was no Facebook, or at least not as big as it is right now. Of course, there was Facebook, not as big right now. Right. So people actually used that platform. Yeah. Um, so he knew I was in New Zealand. He knew me from the website. So he contacted me with that position. Wow. So the, the position was really, are you willing to work for six months on human anatomy? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally uh, willing, it, totally willing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, as artistic as, as I would wish mm -hmm. it to be because it has to be perfect and really tidy. Yeah, it sounds uh, hyper-technical, yeah. Yeah. What I learned a lot. Yeah, you know, that must be an, it. it must be an amazing <laughs> education to have to just buckle <laughs> down and go, do that for six months. You have to go through every muscle and just <laughs> know oh, the name, know where it connects, where it ends. Yeah. Uh, Intense. Fix all the surfaces, everything. Uh, wow. So I did that for <laughs> six months uh, at Weta Digital. But I slowly moved into the uh, 3D modeling team. Mm -hmm. And as a 3D modeler at a Weta Digital, you do everything from rocks, trees, hair, uh, cloth, anatomy, creature, everything. Uh, and then I was part of the, the 3D models, uh, 3D modeling team. Uh, for the last, for the next one year and a half, mm -hmm. and that's where I decided to just quit again. <laughs> just <laughs> felt... <laughs> I had no plans, nothing. Just so yeah, I, I can can do this anymore. It was long hours, you know, huh. one asset after the other. You really work a lot. Uh, the weather didn't help, and now I realized that I was work on a in a dark room no uh, natural light which affects you know mental health and uh, and energy levels you know if you're depressed 
yeah. every time. Yeah, being in one of I those dark quit. holes sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, I felt it was great actually. I I always had a dream of working at that dark place, you know. <laughs> wow. But it went bad, uh, so I just quit for many reasons with no plans again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my lead actually asked me, so there's there's nowhere else to go. Where where are you gonna go? I said I'm gonna stay home. And he said he, <laughs> he thought it was him I meant back in Brazil. I uh-huh. said, No, I'm gonna live here. <laughs> he, I don't think he really liked the idea actually that much. Hmm. There there was that I was letting go Weta. Right. It's such a big company. Yeah. Big project and everything else. Yeah, I think it would so, be but, hard for a lot of people to let it go. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh and in a way I also felt disconnected from the superhero you know work mm-hmm. that there's always going on every company is working on superhero movies mm. i just felt disconnected uh to the work itself was one of the reasons so i left the well the only plan that i had was okay i'm not gonna work for one year i'm just gonna do anatomy stuff again <laughs> that's all i know what to do but then three months in my plan where a workshop contacted me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ju- just to make clear to the audience, so you yeah. were at, just to remind everyone, you were at Weta right. Digital and then Weta Workshop yeah. called you. Yeah. So it's it, yeah. they're still separated. There's like some divide to, there. Yeah, they're not some divide. They're completely different. Completely different. Uh, owners and everything. Uh, we don't, we cannot see what they're working most of the time. Mm. So it's really pretty separate. Yeah. Um, so three months in, uh, they contacted me. They also needed someone with uh, anatomy skills and sculpting and texturing. And it was a, a cool type of work for museum. We talked about that, uh, mm-hmm. right? Museums really specific, different from uh, any other industry, at least yeah. that I, I've been to. Yeah, very unique industry yeah. doing stuff yeah. for those environments, yeah. Yeah, they are, more, they are a bit more open, at least the ones I worked on. Uh, more time, so it was was really good, uh, and so I said yes. So <laughs> back in back into the game. <laughs> <laughs> so my plan of one year, you know, mm-hmm. one year off didn't work again. So I just changed completely, and wow, and now I've I've been there for two years. <laughs> Dang, what a journey! Yeah. What yeah. a journey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, very interesting arc. You took a lot of very interesting left and right turns as well. It just, just changed. It's probably gonna change again soon, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You know, that's how things go, yeah. especially in yeah. this world, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, if I could thank you for that, and also, I, I, I can't help but ask, like, you know, you did talk a bit about sort of as you were practicing and gaining your your fundamentals and scare quotes, right? But yeah. There, there was also that seems to always come for artists in different phases. It's not like people seem to have this idea that like you're going to do the fundamentals for usually it's too many years or people are like, oh, I'll spend <laughs> two years, three years, four years, five years just doing the fundamentals. And then you're like done and then you will <laughs> go on and do your creative work. But, you yeah. know, for most people, it comes in phases, right? You like get enough to do some kind of work. And then at some point you need to wheel back and learn a new thing, right? So for you, you had some initial period down in Brazil. And then essentially, even your job at Weta Digital 
creating the anatomy base mesh, um, yeah. that would basically amount to, even though it was your job, that does become, there's no way of saying that's not a heavy study of the fundamentals of anatomy, right? So yeah. I'd be interested in, I don't even know if you can remember it that well, <laughs> but can do you remember when you were working on gaining your base skills, right? That first attempt at like, all right, everyone learns anatomy, let's learn anatomy, right? Was it hard for you? Like, did you find it difficult or did you find it easy? Did you ever, did you feel lost most of the time or did you feel like the path was very clear? Like, how did that feel for you? Right. Uh, that's, a, that's a great question because it seems that the, the actual answer is gonna be, it was so hard and now it's so easy. <laughs> but, but it's, well, at least for me, it doesn't work in a way. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was a lot easier when I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. The only drive, well, the only drive was just to do stuff. I always enjoyed seeing things on the screen. Mm -hmm. I had nothing to compare it to. So it wasn't even easy or hard. It was just, yeah, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was practicing. I was just actually doing. Right. It's like there's no end goal. I was not at the beginning of anything. I'm just doing the thing. That's it. You know? Right. But I, I can only put it this way today. I'm, that's, that's it. There's nowhere else to go. But then you start comparing. So you, you, you know where you are. So you, you can see what can be achieved. And you try, but you cannot get there. But it's still the difficulty, the difficult level, I think, is the same. Right. The feeling of doing and going from zero to a finished model, let's say, it's the same. It's the same struggle. Right now, I think I have more information to play with, but it's I still I struggle. It takes yeah. a bit less time. It still hurts. I don't know how you feel about this, if you can put it in being harder or easier for you to draw, but I, I feel like it's not even about being easier or being harder because if you if you if you say that it's easier don't you also mean that you know almost everything so you're under control of everything yeah. you're limiting the knowledge to a box that okay that's it now i can control this there's nothing else so it's easy but no it's it's infinite there's always something to to improve always something new to try you grow old you learn new things and then you feel like, I don't want to do humans anymore. It doesn't make any sense. I want to do creatures. They represent whatever I'm feeling a lot more. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, that, you know, that voice <laughs> that we feel it's hard or easy helps anything. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure either. Yeah. It's very insightful what you said, that it's like it always feels the same. It doesn't matter what I've sort of raised my ambition to, you know, it doesn't really matter how complex something gets or how simple something yeah. is either. Um, there's just experientially what you're actually feeling as you do it. There is everything is working in yeah. some moment. And then there's moments where you're just vaguely uncomfortable. And, and <laughs> yeah. there it's very difficult to actually quantify it more than just vaguely yeah. uncomfortable, right? We we spin a story at that point, right? We say, I'm vaguely uncomfortable because I don't know enough. I'm vaguely uncomfortable because I've been doing this too long. I need to take a break, you know. And oh, that story after the 
yes. feeling the yeah exactly yeah so we yeah. and and there it's not like that's not valid right like sometimes you've been sitting there for three hours and you need to move your back because it's gonna hurt a lot but yeah. but often um often really at its core it's just a vague feeling of discomfort that you are sometimes misinterpreting or correctly interpreting and you just kind of yeah. make up a story about what's wrong in that yeah. moment and when you look at it at, as just that it doesn't matter if you're doing the most bonkers piece of art anyone has ever seen or if you're just starting, right? Like yeah. it, it couldn't, it couldn't matter less. Probably, it, yeah. it's always going to feel like a flow of those two states, you know. Yeah. And um, and then, and then I don't know. Like when I, I, I've tackled some, I've tackled some drawings that, when I was doing them, or after I finished them. I was like, oh man, this is what I really hoped I would be able to do when I was like 12, right? Like, right. <laughs> and when I realized that, I, I evaluated the feelings of like success and exaltation. And I was like, oh, these are, they're not better than the feelings <laughs> of success that I got in my sketchbook when I was nine. Is the same yeah. level of intensity. It was like, when I succeeded in my sketchbook when I was nine, the result of that success was let's dance all over the room. We did it. This is a great drawing. <laughs> yeah. And succeeding today, fortunately, is the same feeling. It's just the uh, same shit. It doesn't <laughs> and sometimes change. work. Work doesn't give you that much. No. Yeah. I mean, that that happens for sure. I mean, that's definitely the yeah. case for a lot of people who's surprised that the fact that the work you do for clients doesn't doesn't produce the sort of woohoo feeling the same amount as the personal work. Um, it can, you know, I've, I've honestly experienced more of that from the, the sense of teamwork for client work than the actual yeah. work itself. More often, there's been times where the work itself has maybe be like, yes, yeah, mm, yeah, we did it. Yeah, good job, you know, but most of it is more from like the teamwork, like we helped each other through this hard project yeah. feeling that that can feel really good if you're really tuned into it. Um, but then, you know, when it sucks, you know, there's always money on the other side, you know, you're doing it for yeah. money and that and that's compensation for, you know, feeling alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we are crossing a, a line here, kind of uh, uh, unspoken line that. We're kind of talking about focus and importance of what you do, mm -hmm. but also survival, basic survival, because you, you have to work, yep. right? Most people have to work. And it may seem that we're also saying that work doesn't matter. It yeah. can just get everything just by sitting down and doing your own thing, which is possible. You make good things may come out mm -hmm. of all that focus into your own, own stuff. But... Uh, so I, I just want to uh, plant a flag <laughs> yeah. here that uh, that importance, everything that we are saying, at least from my part, uh, is that you through experiencing work, experiencing a hard artwork that you're making or an easier one. And when you remind yourself of when you started, all of these experiences are actually teaching you to something bigger, I think, yeah. to realize that works of part of life that you have to deal with, to balance with everything else uh, and realize that, oh, so all that focus that I had 10 years ago, that when someone asked me, what, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to die for Blizzard. 
<laughs> that's it. Maybe when I finally got to Blizzard, they were they're not even making the games that I wanted to work on anymore. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everything may change, right? Yeah. But that idea grows so strong in the mind or whatever it grows. So I think it's more of a realization that, you know, the weight of the experience of all of these that we're we are talking about here, mm-hmm. they're really similar. Yeah. And it goes back sometimes to just your friendship or the meaning behind of what you're making, regardless if it's simple or hard, doesn't really matter. You you may you may represent things in an in a fucking ball <laughs> circle right yeah uh if you can make it uh look cool yeah so how, how you put it do you do you agree that uh Absol- the importance of things shifts and do you realize some of the things absolutely i absolutely agree um i know for i know for me personally at this point where i am a lot of my goals and my my internal, the way that I experience something like, let's say, client work um, is really based around my reaction to things at this point. I try not to put so much stock in what I'm doing when it comes to client work, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's always on the table to, it's always on the table to be like, oh my God, this is exactly the kind of thing I want to be doing, right? But mm-hmm. even that is, this is exactly the kind of thing I want to be doing today, right? Like I could do the same thing. And after three days, now this thing that I would have thought perfectly aligned with me, now I hate it, right? Just because I'm burned out or something like that. So putting all of your energy and all of your stock in something like that is actually not super effective, I don't think. So these days, I consider any workday a success and any project a success if I managed myself the way that I want to throughout the project. These are not for everybody, right? Like I, these are my own personal goals, right? Like my own personal goals uh, are, and, and again, when I'm working with clients, this applies. That's what I'm specifically talking about here is when things got super stressful, did I not get upset? When things looked like they were going to go completely south, did I pull back and be like, this is not everything? And this actually is not an existential threat. And this is perfectly fine. And even if it did explode completely in my face, was I was was I aware in that moment where it exploded that that's fine? Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it's you perf- maybe see people react that way around you. Yeah. As well. Yeah. You right. you are often, yeah. you know, once you're on like high pressure projects, right? With a lot yeah. of with a lot of people working around you, you're invariably yeah. gonna hit at some point you're gonna be on a project where people are panicking. When I've been in those situations and just put all of my energy into like, can I deliver? Are we gonna pull it off? Like, is the project gonna be okay? Of yeah. course, it's it gets figured out, right? Like something always gets figured out. <laughs> and then the, the second it's over, you're just dead and you forget about it the next day. And you, you ver- yeah. very rarely learn anything from it. But then when I've been in those situations and I've put my goals on can I not follow the flow of panic? Can I within myself be tranquil and peaceful through this, even if it's not perfectly, if it's just as best I can, when those projects end and I evaluate that, not how the project went, there I wind up learning so much and 
then I really, ironically, then I feel super connected with the project, even if it's not something I'm interested in. I'm amazed that a project could be not at all aligned to my taste, maybe not even at all aligned to my my temperament. Like it could be way too pinched, budget's too tight, um, so everything is being done too fast, right? Yeah. All of that could be wrong, but if I stay focused on having my goals be internalized, somehow I care about that project now because it's so, really- I like what you said, somehow you don't even know what, somehow I, you care. Yeah, yeah, I really can't, I can't, I can't perfectly explain know. it yeah. at all, but I, it just, I find yeah. that once I'm divorced from the content, suddenly now I care about the project. Now every project, doesn't matter what the content is, now it's a learning experience, right? And now it's a, now it is an opportunity for you know, wisdom in the classic sense, yeah. as best as any individual can manage it, you know? So um, all of that, just to riff on on what you said about how how work, you need to learn how to manage work. And uh, in but, this- But do you, do you think it came naturally to you or your, your practice meditation or just contemplating life in general helped you, you behave that way? Yeah, it, that way? it definitely was not natural. It definitely was not natural. Oh, really? No, because I think uh, yeah. I think temperamentally baseline, I'm a I'm actually a very impatient and if I'm honest, a very angry person. <laughs> I really am. That's uh when when things go when things go wrong for me, um, yeah. I don't really get like scared or sad. I get super angry. I get <laughs> I experience so much red hot right. anger. That's me baseline. Yeah temperamentally and then that can transform um into into sadness because i get angry at myself and then that will sort of become like its own weird snake biting its own tail sadness you know but <laughs> almost you almost across the board when i'm like really lost in the throes of like really intense negative emotion it's anger yeah. like really white hot anger so um i think that for a lot of situations that's me baseline temperamentally like you said meditation taught me a lot of that and contemplation and especially like i try to talk about on this channel uh what you do and how you feel as you draw i mean i love meditation you know i've i i've enjoyed the time that i've spent with it and sitting meditation is is a fascinating experience but for for artists we spend a ridiculous amount of time doing an action that we like to pretend isn't a meditation <laughs> you know we're we're alone we're isolated yeah. we are not a lot of the time actively engaged with what we're doing right like if you hit yeah. if you hit flow there's not a, there's not any conceptualizing what you're doing so yeah. that doesn't really have your attention so we spend five six seven eight hours a day where it's just how you are dealing with the moment-to-moment -moment nature of your thoughts and your bodily experience, and that's it. Yeah. We don't like to frame that as a meditation as artists generally. I think we just like to think of that as like, I'm doing my art, but when you break <laughs> it down like that, it really starts to look like we're yeah. all spending ridiculously long hours meditating in the classic yeah. sense. But the, there's, I would make just one distinction. For sure. Uh, uh, and you tell me your, your reaction. Uh, so when you're sitting down and and from the outside it's similar, right? You're not doing much. You're not engaging uh, actively uh, with anyone else. So it's really just 
the mind doing its things. Mm -hmm. uh, it, they both are safe places for you, whatever you're feeling. In the back of your head, you know you're not going to you know, die or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, are no, there, there are no tigers trying to hunt you down. <laughs> so they're they are safe, both safe. But I think uh, one can focus on art their whole life without realizing all that. And just because it lacks the concept, the, the conceptual side of sitting down and actually uh, knowing what, what's going on. Absolutely. Because if you, if you never think in those terms, it would be just, yeah, I, I was having lunch and now I'm, I'm here drawing. I'm here sculpting for six hours. Oh, but how, how do you sit down and, and sculpt or draw for five hours straight? I don't know. I just do it. So there, there's no concept behind the action. You just keep repeating the pattern without knowing that the fucking universe is coming <laughs> through your body and creating everything. <laughs> but so, whereas with meditation, if you are into meditation, you probably know more concepts than not knowing about meditation, right? There's mm -hmm. something about just meditation itself that brings a lot of concepts with it. Yeah. Uh, especially if you use, let's say, uh, Sam Harris' app to start. He talks a lot more than about these subjects, more than Headspace, for instance. Right. Right. Yeah. So you're introduced to the concepts behind meditation. So you're not sitting down to become a meditator. You're not in for the perks of being happy or being productive. That's not the point, at least for me. So that's, that's only the, 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 the... It's a small difference. Because it's just the concepts behind. But, but I do agree, it's the same. It's the same feeling, actually. Mm -hmm. You actually suffer more with meditation because the body's not moving. And the motor function takes a lot of energy out of yeah. the body. right? So once you stop moving, and then, oh, shit. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just what's left, which is always there. Uh, so it gets more chaotic than, than drawing. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I agree with the distinction yeah. that you drew completely. Um, yeah meditation as a practice has all of those conditioning factors that leave sure. the doors open in your mind when you engage it you you everything that you said you know the apps the teachers they're all saying like wow there's something amazing here right and then yeah. because you've heard that you look for something amazing right so yeah. <laughs> i do firmly believe drawing does have those very sim a very similar foundation uh all yeah. our all our creation not drawing in particular but um but what I see is lacking in a lot of places is the conditioning factor. There isn't yeah. that space where someone has said there is something deeper here going on. There is something amazing going on. And in yeah. some small way, I am trying to contribute to that here with these conversations to yeah. just however I can maybe leave that door ajar for some people. I love how you say during your your drawing videos how it matches so well with meditation practice and you sometimes you say there's no fucking way this is possible <laughs> how is this happening <laughs> i mean it, that is the the eternal miracle right like yeah. at, at, whenever it, that's my final like that's my final emergency break when things start going <laughs> off the rails with the drawing practice it's like if things really get super intense and i forgot everything i'm just like lost that's the last one i pull like this really shouldn't be possible the odds are 
infinitesimally <laughs> low that dust should be able to adhere to paper in this way. It just it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I'll be honest, like the a lot of the um a lot of the videos that are on the channel, I actually just wrote them as meditation talk and I just subbed in the word drawing. Like that's it. That's <laughs> it all. works really well. It's the same you're, you're thing. You're teaching drawing. You're teaching drawing. It works well. <laughs> Which cues me into um hmm. would you mind maybe talking a little bit about how you got interested in this second alternate course that you and I are both oh, yeah. interested in with meditation and you know in in heavy careful quotes spirituality and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Uh it goes <clears throat> In my case, it goes really well with the art making part of life. Mm -hmm. And I would say it was after uh, I moved to New Zealand when I started. So really late. If you, <laughs> there are no guidelines where you can start, but anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so I actually started for completely different reason. So I just found randomly YouTube recommended to me a Sam Harris movie, uh, not movie, sorry, a video. Mm -hmm. And I just loved the way he used the English language. I was too simple-minded to even understand of what he was saying. I just liked the way he used the English language. I I'm still learning. I'm, I, I make mistakes and all that, but I still have that love uh, for whoever speaks really well. So you are also mm -hmm. uh, the case. I really like the way you express your, your, your thoughts, your feelings. That's very kind. It's lovely. Man. Your English yeah. is great, by the way. So. <laughs> Thank you. And that's why uh, that's how I started. So I started watching that video, and at some point he says, uh, "The self is an illusion." What does that mean? So it does, yeah. didn't make any sense. I actually gave up on that video. Didn't watch for probably three, four months, and then YouTube recommended again, and then that time I watched the whole thing. So, but that concept just stuck in my mind of what he was saying. Could He probably said things about meditation. He probably said things about reality and philosophy and a bunch of other things, but all went away and I just got fixed on that concept of the self. Because yeah. it didn't make any sense. Now, conceptually, it's perfect. It's so simple, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? But what does it mean that uh, something doesn't exist? So from that point on, just doing research and reading books and watching videos, from that term alone, uh, you land on spirituality and meditation. And because of his conversations with uh, Joseph Goldstein and mm -hmm. other people in the beginning of his podcast, uh, the practice itself got a bit clearer what you have to do when you sit down, because I didn't know anything. Yeah. And then that's also when the, uh, the the idea of going to a retreat came online to me. I, I never knew what that was. On the background was also, uh, we, we didn't talk about this, but on the background, even though I was progressing with uh, my, my skills, with sculpting and all that, I still had a gap a feeling that everything that I was doing was just, now I can say that way, I was just following the trend of whatever was uh, online, right? Right. Uh, totally a victim of whatever the AI showed me at, at that time. 
that was my artwork. But I never felt complete or anything, right? That was happening on the background. Probably helped me to realize some things. I don't know. So after going to a 10-day retreat, it actually came easier to practice and to find uh, resources for so I could read more about the subject, find people like you, right? Uh, and engage in this type of conversation. So it slowly builds up to what you're talking here as a practice or merging that with your art making life. And uh, that gap that I, that I told you that I was feeling every time I finished a piece just went away. Because I said, this is what matters to me. So I lived 30 years. I'm 36 now, by the way. Mm -hmm. I lived 30 years or whatever, not knowing what to do with this. Well, even though art itself was, I've been doing for less than 10. But anyway, but even the, the art making uh, lifespan, I didn't know up to that point what to do with anything. I had no goal. It was just, yeah, let me do this thing because I saw in the movies. Let me do this other thing because I saw a bunch of people doing this. We had no connection to me. Uh, so with the study and development of this other part of life, spiritual life, however we call it, mm -hmm. it helped me to translate into the, the art making. So art developed and the practice developed as well. Uh, and I'm still learning, I'm still reading a bunch of books and sitting down and just contemplating everything, not knowing what's going on. I don't know anything, but Same. at least for my art, there's the theme, overall theme that I want to explore. And it's, it feels right, feels uh, meaningful. Uh, it's a, another drive that's pushing me towards, I don't know what, but it just helps. Yeah. Uh, maybe changes, I don't know, but that's how it helped me up to this point. That's great. Let me let me clarify that that last point there just to see sure. if I'm understanding it correctly. So you feel like specifically you want to make art or you feel satisfied when you make art that explores that particular topic, like the fact yes. that that selfhood does have this illusory character. Uh, yes. Okay, so that specifically. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Yeah, and that Regardless of the art, I think that's the most important point of all contemplation. Mm -hmm. For me, that's the one thing that will unveil everything else in, yeah. in my practice. That's the one concept, I think. So. Yeah. And, and, and that explains everything else in human relations and human drives and human problems and culture and everything else. Uh, it's a very foundational yeah. uh and yeah. very yeah it it even healing is the wrong word i think it's just like a i don't have i don't know if i have a word for it it's a very <laughs> writing like it sort of gets your head on right to to sort of glimpse that to whatever capacity people glimpse that yeah. and then to integrate it as best as any individual can um, yeah. To anyone who is weirded out about what we're saying right now, I will just make the <laughs> caveat that um, Fabio and I both believe that this is already the case, right? So yeah. n it doesn't mean that anything were, would change 
if you were to realize no, that nothing. there was no self, right? we cannot like, change it. Cannot yeah. Change. It, 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 so, so just, um, just, just know that we don't, uh, we're not, we're not expressing a desire for anyone to like change something about themselves in any particular way. Yeah. You know, like if you were to glimpse this, everything would be the same, which is kind of the, <laughs> the classic like Zen, uh, the Zen yeah. twist that, uh, that all of this has always been framed with throughout, I yeah. don't know, the freaking 2,500 years that this yeah. <laughs> m mind meme has been changing people's lives. What hooked me about your desire to make work about that, um, which I also feel there's some part of my practice that has great interest in that. The beautiful thing about a topic like that, I feel like, is that you can also satisfy that desire to marry the concept with the work by doing the work from a particular place instead of having the work be about something, which yeah. I think is um, which I think is amazing. I was reading a book of uh, Rumi poetry. In the introduction to this book of Rumi poetry, the person who wrote the introduction said that his poems were uh, less about something and more from somewhere. And that always really... Oh, it's, that, it's perfect, yeah. Yeah, that really connected with me. It's, again, it kind of becomes the internalized goal thing, right? It's like, yeah. it almost, for me personally, like it almost doesn't matter what I make. It mm. feels like I am fully connected with my values and what I believe about these things if while I executed it, I... Yeah did not fall into delusion about that point. If I maintained <laughs> yeah. the the truthful viewpoint that this is not, that I don't quite know where this is coming from, that there's no self in the way, and that it is just a process that is unfolding on its own, um, over which I have no complete authorship or control, and that yeah. everything beyond that is something I'm making up, right? Like everything about what it means or what it's about or what it means to the world around me, about me, what it says about me, all of that is just a story that I invent, right? Yeah. So um, that is a super freeing viewpoint for an artist actually because it really resolves a lot of, a lot of classic problems that we encounter uh, as we try to refine our process and the practice. Yeah. Because you you kind of like the classic feeling of like, oh, I'm afraid to finish something or post it or share it or what will people think about it? It's like, why, what reason just do, just go, right? Just move through it. And if you quit, well, you quit and you can look at that. And also you have every reason to just push through and make the thing you want to make because there is no part of what people can say about it or what, what merits they can give it that would actually leave a significant mark on the work or yourself yeah. because there's nowhere for it to land, right? Like it's it's already invincible to that. That that, that was beautiful. Uh, I want I want to comment something that that you said uh, that it's freeing, and if I can say that one thing kind of shifted a little bit, and I think the the best word that I found, it's just understanding or. Uh, intuition right because yeah. I, I also do believe there's nothing real an agent controlling anything mm. i can i I, feel, I even feel weird to say that oh now i i think this way because i changed my way of things 
<laughs> right? right? In which part of the loop does one yeah. agent yeah. pops up and change the natural flow of things? So where was I the don't actual, have that answer. Where was the yeah. actual push that then makes <laughs> yeah. it, that's where it happened. That's where the change happened. <laughs> There's no way to find it. But there seems that, uh, there seems that uh, it seems that the word understanding explains a bit more what's going on. So in practical terms, what I didn't do, and now I feel that it's happening, is that even under like stress or some bad feelings that you're feeling at the moment, that's, and I like, that's something you say, it, that's data. Mm -hmm. I really like how you put that, that's data for you. So with that understanding that every feeling that's going through this body, mind, at every moment, that's data, that's something that can be expressed. So what changes actually the, the reaction to this? Because the feeling is always there. Uh, maybe I just, I realize that I'm feeling more anxious, or just I'm, I'm just perceiving more, but the actual level of anxiety never changed throughout my life. I don't know. So what I mean by this is that by sitting down in meditation and, and then sitting down to do the art work, it's, it's similar. But then you practice so much the, the meditation part that when you sit down and feel things, that's data for you to just, okay, if I'm feeling this way, good or bad or whatever, if you really have that understanding, if you understood the concepts, even the concepts, that's something you can use to just do the work. Mm -hmm. like, like you said, so it's about the work itself. It's not, it's not about the, the, the content. It's about how, how you are putting out. Sometimes maybe whoever sees the finished piece will not even understand. It has no meaning or symbology behind, but that doesn't matter again. Because yeah. you're internalized, even like inception, <laughs> like an inception of your own feelings again, and you put it out as an artwork. So really working through the, the emotions. Yeah, It's almost like a, a new tool, a new art tool that can be used somehow. Oh yeah, that's a very good way. To you're not it. avoiding any any feelings. You're not sitting down just when you're feeling good. It's kind of yeah, I'm feeling this way. Maybe the art itself will come out a different way, which is also it's good content. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm 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 often fascinated, and I I do think I've talked about it quite a few times on this channel by the fact that it really seems that your emotions have almost nothing to do with how the work comes out. <laughs> and our our tendency is to ignore that, right? Our tendency yeah. is to just, okay, and we, but we all encounter it, right? We all have bad days where we do good work. And then we all have great days where we make work we're gonna forget, totally mediocre or just shit, some of our shittiest work on yeah. days where we feel amazing, <laughs> right? And we just, we discount it. We don't pay attention to that a lot of the time. And if you do pay attention to it, it's actually fascinating because it means you don't have to put so much interest and energy yeah. into concocting the unnecessary feeling that your mood is going to determine how this is gonna turn out, right? Um, and to live through that and to then accept that truth and then start integrating it it's very, it's more data, right? It's more, it's more freeing. It leads to more insights. It does yeah. also open the doors to some of the weirder feelings that are available in all of this, that just like, <laughs> yeah. just the very strange feeling that can often come over you. Like, 
oh, I, I couldn't possibly be the one doing this, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no way that the part of me that feels like me, there's nowhere to connect it with the part of me that's doing the drawing process, yeah. right? The drawing, the art is upon inspection, upon very close inspection, yeah. there's the divide is super subtle, but moment it's, to moment, it's easier to realize than than after the fact. Moment right. to moment, closer inspection, really. That's the only way you can explain. You're putting it uh, really beautifully. Yeah, it, it and it's and the one you know, I'm 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 very slow to want to like. I I don't know if I have a super strong opinion about what that would mean, right? Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm also not really super interested, right? Like I don't want to yeah. say like you know, like different cultures have had different opinions about art, right? Like it comes from outside, the muses, all of that. I find those viewpoints beautiful. There's there's days or even just moment to moment, there's moments where it feels like that must be the case, right? Like it must be that it's being funneled in from somewhere else. And then yeah. there's other moments where it's like, okay, that's that's weird. That's not the case. Who knows what it is, right? But basically that that spectrum of ways to interpret it I just accept the spectrum for myself. Like I see, I see each position as a tool that can be used at different times, right? Like there's, there's going to be times where it's very useful to be like, this is from completely outside of me and I'm just letting something happen that I have no control over. And then there's going to be times where that's less useful and it's more useful to be like, I am a person who has practiced doing this for 20 years and I've gotten very good at it on my own hard work. And <laughs> then, for example, here's my rate because of that, right? Like at that moment, it's it's not appropriate to offer the rate of the muse, right? Like you want to offer your own rate when you're in negotiations. So you can get yourself in trouble if you wheel back around and try to imbue a solid meaning, an essential meaning to those feelings. Um, and it is instead freeing to accept that there's some some degree of truth in all of the viewpoints and see them as, like you said, they're drawing tools. Now they're drawing yeah. tools to manage, manage that moment to moment viewpoint as you go through things. Yeah. I, I think, I think in the end, uh, everything helps you to be more relaxed maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. the work will have to be done. A repetition will have to happen. And I, I know how I spent a lot of time <laughs> searching uh, about learn how uh, I was trying to learn how to learn, mm -hmm. just uh, trying to read books about learning, and without realizing what was underlying all all that, because when you when you search about learning, you find methods, you find uh, different ways of uh, tackling or organizing your day, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so methods not only the on the task at hand, but also your, your daily routine. What I always wondered, so what if I'm not organized enough to have a notebook? What, what if I cannot wake up at that time that that method is telling me to wake up so I can be more productive, productive or whatever? So at least for me, I, I realized that what was underlying all the methods was how do I get to that mindset of being able to do in the first place? Mm -hmm. So what's underlying is my feeling towards the the, the moment to moment experience. Yeah. 
And if it's going to take a month or 10 years, really it doesn't matter unless you're, you have to, to survive. That's if your life's depending on the, your skill development. So just that realization, it's almost, it was almost an insight. I gave up reading uh, books about learning. I think it's worth my time just meditating more and realizing that however much time, much time it takes, it will take again an understanding. And then, and then it may take my, me to learn, you know, Python coding a lot more time than a more, uh, a, a more controlled method. But since I, I realized that my life doesn't depend on that development, it, it can take a lot more time. So I gave up on all the, the learning methods, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you work on your, well, however you work on that, right? If you work on the patience to tackle things, mm -hmm. time, it's all the methods just to shrink the time of learning, the learning time. Uh, and that was so much easier now. Yeah. When I feel like learning something, either from scratch or developing, let's say, a specific part of uh, the anatomy, let's say, uh, I don't think about the learning anymore. It, it helped uh, that uh, that insight helped so much on the learning without tackling the learning itself. Yeah. It was amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> Did you ever <laughs> thought of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Um, the 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 learning thing in particular. I was a very hard learner uh, when I was yeah. learning my fundamentals. Um, when I was sort of when I, when I was going through school, like college specifically, when I was at Art Center. And before that, when I was sort of um, serious about improving in the current way that a lot of the art community thinks about improving, which was when I was somewhere around 14, 14 or 13, I like really like, I, I don't remember how the, the zeitgeist viewpoint of like copying and learning the fundamentals. I don't remember how I learned where I encountered that specifically. Mm -hmm. But somewhere around that age was where I began like copying and looking at anatomy and trying to figure out what made drawings good and break them down. Um, and that put me on a course for a very long time where I had the, what I feel now was an out of balance view that <laughs> if I could learn how to do something right, that would mean that it was done well. And I suffered from that delusion for so long and it held me back like crazy, you know, like crazy. And from the outside, you would think I was doing all the right things because I was up to my eyebrows in books. I was copying them like crazy. Uh, I was really focused on the fundamentals. I was like, let's figure out, figure out perspective, values, everything, all the classic yeah. stuff that is all the talking points now around sort of the mainstream I'm not going to say art education. I'm going to say like drawing, illustration, 3D education. You know, it's pretty specific, the realm still. But um, I was up to my eyebrows in that stuff. I was completely inundated with it and I was inflexible. I was actually inflexible um, on my viewpoint of it. And it, it, the returns were so small. The returns <laughs> were unbelievably small. Like I... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fast learner, you know, and I was impatient with it. Um, and when, when that, when that dam finally broke, like when, once I finally, after looking back on years and years of 
that kind of art practice was like, is this actually working? Right? Like, am I just, <laughs> am I telling myself? Five years later. Yeah. Like, it was, I was like, at that point, it was probably 10 years later almost. Oh, it was, let, let's see. If, uh, so I'm trying to, yeah, so it was 14. So, no, no, it was like probably six or seven years later, right? Of, of yeah. like thinking that way. I look back and I was like, is it really, um, is this really working or am I just telling myself this is working? And then because I have all this sunk cost, am I insisting it must be working, right? Yeah. Or is it possible that I've been barking up the wrong tree, at least to some degree? <laughs> and uh, I, I owe a lot of my, the erosion of that hard viewpoint, I owe a lot of that also to my friends as well, the people who were around me, who were my peers with, and, and we were all trying to get better at drawing together and all of our va varying viewpoints were sort of informing each other, right? Like they they are who knowing that the different viewpoints were possible was really the conditioning factor that left that door open in my mind to be like okay maybe i'm completely wrong um <laughs> once i made the switch and i was like and i really started to accept that it's not all about that and that something be done right does not mean that it's done well and i clicked into that space that you were talking about where you're just more relaxed and less concerned with the nature of your learning and much more patient with just what if what if I do this and see how it goes and trust that to some degree. Because you see, can can I just make a comment? Yes, please. If someone looked at you, he or she would see a person focused and spending a lot of time mm -hmm. developing a skill, right? Yes. And in simple terms, if you would share what you were doing, you would probably explain, oh, I'm following this method of learning perspective and then practicing my, my line work, mm -hmm. maybe copying and then practicing my imagination, right? You would break down your, your practice into that, uh, those events. Yeah. But what if the person ask, asked you, so how do I get into that mind space of being able to engage into that in the first place? Right. So the method itself doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. Because because the method will not work to everyone the same method. Exactly. That's yeah. why you have different teachers and different methods, right? Yeah. Uh, so your realization in the end was actually the, the most important part, I, I think, at least. I would say so. That you relax into whatever it was happening at the moment. So for yeah. many years, what came to you was that crazy way of studying <laughs> for ten years. So what, what did it became to you after you realized that so your, your routine? One of the one of the biggest things for me was um, so there was making that initial switch and being more open to being less obsessed about yeah. how I was learning and just doing things. And then that also coincided uh, with, you know, my my sort of my interest in looking at what was beyond art also like. Um, just certain insights were also aligned with aligning with those things at that time, if I remember correctly. And it, one of the big ones for me was realizing that all of that hard work I had put in, I thought that I was forcing that. I, I thought I had the erroneous viewpoint that I am putting in all this effort to spend all this time practicing and working. Uh, and after that key point, I realized, 
No, uh, it, it, it sort of introduced me to the viewpoint that you just mentioned that like the, a lot of this is my own blind good luck that I happen to be the kind of person who has this vast well of interest for this topic. And it turns out I only thought I was forcing it. I wasn't. This yeah, is complete. There was no forcing. There wasn't. I, it felt like I was forcing it, but of yeah. course that's impossible. It was, yeah. it was all, it was completely natural for me to work this hard and it required no effort, no real effort. No effort. It is, it's an ego trip to think that I was pushing this stone, that I, yeah. I was putting in all this effort and it, it wasn't. I, it, so once I accepted that, then, um, then the beautiful thing that happens there is that you can relax into your motivation, right? Like yeah. now I didn't doubt it anymore. Now I just knew like, I don't need to prove it to myself every day. I know I'm a motivated person or what that that's a weird word to use. Like I know that I'm a person who will with regularity sit and work out this drawing stuff and do it for a considerable period of time, right? Yeah. With regularity. And now I, it just reduced the doubt. It relaxed all of that. I did not feel that I needed to cling to that. I didn't need to prove to myself that I was that person, that that was the self that was doing this, right? So it let me let go of certain things. It let me be a little looser in my life. And yeah. it helped me, you know, I had a lot of guilt with how I handled the art practice. You know, I had, I experienced a lot of time where if I did anything else, right? If I went out and looked at the world, uh, if I spent time with friends, even if I meditated or just did other relaxing things like playing games or whatever, I experienced a huge guilt trip for doing those things. Um, yeah. And it became a vicious cycle of, of, it became a vicious cycle of being guilty that I was not working on this thing that I had attached my, my personality to, right? Yeah. And then when I would go do that thing, the drawing, when I would go work on the work, I was burnt out and exhausted and had- Too much expectation when you finally sit down, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, so then it wouldn't go, you know, at least I perceived it as not going great. And then uh, that would create the feedback loop, right? So then I'd yeah. be like, all right, I need to do this more then because it's not going great. I have to <laughs> tighten down even more. So, yeah. I mean, the, the relief of escaping that loop is, is, un, is unexplainable. I mean, it was- it was a, a gift, you know, a gift, yeah. a gift to me from my life to I feel very fortunate that I've lived through a turning point moment like that and and many others like it. So for me, that was the big character of that particular one was the idea of in a relaxed, confident way, settling into my motivation such that I could take off for as long as I wanted to and yeah. not feel the need to impinge that on my selfhood my, my illusory selfhood and let it let it convince me that it meant something about me yeah. you know that that wasn't the case and then of course the funny part of all of that is is that when you do that then you're so relaxed you just do a ton of work <laughs> you end up sitting down for stretches of time and doing yep. yeah 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 you yeah. do all the commercial parts of the courses and selling things and mentoring <laughs> yeah it's probably it's a lot freeing, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it is very freeing. It's... But how would you help or help her uh, 
give anyone tips on how to get to that mind state if they are not right now That's in, a... in that mind state? Is it even possible to change the person that much? Or if the person's asking you this, how do I, how do I get to that place? Mm -hmm. That person's probably on the way already, right? Yeah, it, it sort of becomes a double, a double bind at a certain point. Yeah. Um, you, uh, when you first reached out to me, you sent me a blog post that you had done on your art station, which yeah. uh, we should probably remember to link in the description. Um, if anyone wants a, a well-written uh, sort of practical explanation of this in terms of how it relates to the art practice, uh, Fabio has written a very good one. Um, you can find him on ArtStation. We'll put the links uh, uh, underneath the video. But um, the idea that you can, the idea that you get to decide what experiences <laughs> or improvements you're going to go through is, as far as I'm concerned, completely fallacious. Uh, upon yeah. inspection, it falls apart. Like you don't, you don't, you, there, there's just nowhere where you could claim that you actually get to decide that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's one double bind on top of another double bind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So there's the way that I square that with doing something like this channel, for example, where I'm talking about all this stuff is that as much as I don't believe that there's any sort of pick yourself up by your own bootstrap solution to that in any ultimate sense, it sort of goes back to what we talked about before, where I'm very interested in creating the conditioning factors to yeah. leave that open for somebody. Because I, I do think that, you know, once you sort of realize that there's no solid you that is like your fundamental core and you sort of abdicate the seat of selfhood to everything that's going on around you, uh, and you turn the picture of your soul into the complete picture of the universe around you, as I think Alan Watts put, um, you, you realize how important the conditions around you are. You know, they really do play a huge role in what's available to you in your life. Yeah. So I, I have no illusions that I can force someone to adopt this viewpoint or that even rationally talking them through it could trigger it. Oh, yeah. But I do think it's important to discuss it because I think it's under-discussed, especially yeah. in, in the art world. Um, and much like we said before, leave the door open, leave the door ajar so that on some lucky day for any individual, it, <laughs> it could just click, you know? Just like, clicks. Yeah, it's just maybe connects. Maybe it's the right time, the right, the right tone, the right face sharing this. Really? They connect someone. Yeah. It, it Probably if you are asking this yourself right now, not, not both of us here, but whoever is watching, uh, it's probably happening right now. It's you, probably happening right now. Yeah. Right? You, ne you never know what yeah, seeds are being, are being sown. It's sort of what you, it's sort of what you were discussing earlier with um, when you were watching that Sam Harris video, where all you focused in on was this one super unusual claim that yeah. the idea of the self was not what it seemed. And yeah. there's just a conditioning factor there that someone who you took to be not crazy was willing <laughs> to say that yeah. on the record, right? Yeah. Then it becomes this thing you can't get rid of. And you kind yeah. of, for this, for a certain kind of person, 
you will latch onto it and you will try to parse it out, you know, yeah. and um, to, to, to whatever degree it, it latches on. Um, I, you know, I, I remembered, um, I remembered recently something that I had forgotten for a very long time, which was that, um, when I was pretty young, like when I, probably when I was 12 or 13 or something like that, if I, if I had to guess, I could, I could actually talk to my sister probably and get an actual age, but, um, <laughs> um, I read, uh, Eckhart Tolle's, um, The Power of Now. And yeah. that was purely because my sister is much older than me. She was always into um, spirituality and philosophical thinking and sort of all these realms. And yeah. uh, because I really love my sister and looked up to her, I was always interested in her library, right? So um, just one day uh, I was perusing her shelf and I found that book. And I had no idea what it was, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And... Uh, I don't remember anything from the book <laughs> except I don't remember a single thing from that book except yeah. maybe two paragraphs, which is the moment that Eckhart Tolle says that he realized that there was no self. <laughs> and I remember, I, so I read that when I was like young, like 12, 13. I was like, oh, young. I was like, hmm, yeah. hmm what and uh you know it's it's a it's a beautifully written book to, i think you know like i said i don't remember anything but uh really um the these particular little parts that that one particular little part that i remember um but it stuck with me enough that i have some memory of shortly afterwards walking around town with my sister you know i was visiting her on a vacation um and uh and being like oh wow there really only is right now and like being fascinated <laughs> by that yeah. um and i think that that was like that was my I, I i sort of went down that track then i sort of got um very interested in sort of the uh, ramdas flavor like there's only now kind of thinking um yeah. and that was sort of i would say the first the first spiritual idea that i really like um started working through in my mind at least that's the first one i can remember but um but now like i said i only recently remembered this i remember like all oh, right that actually wasn't the first thing that i remember about that book and that being sort of the first uh the first segue into that stuff it was that the lack of selfhood that was the first yeah. thing that stood out to me so i do think it's interesting that that in particular can kind of get stuck as a seat yeah. in people's huh. minds. Yeah. Man, so young and it, it, it got stuck in, into you. Amazing. Well, it, I don't think I, as a kid, would even realize that at the, at the moment. The, that, It's just one concept seems so simple and people make jokes, right? The one that exists. Mm -hmm. but it's so much deeper than, than this. Uh, yeah. It's super well, I'm, I'm glad you told that story. It's, uh, it's amazing how young you were. Uh, li like I said, I did not... Yeah. I only remembered this, like, I don't know, somewhere in the last year um, for, for, yeah, for all the intervening years or a lot of the intervening years. When I think back on that, I just remember like, oh, yeah, I remember Power of Now. And then I think that was the first like New Age spirituality book I encountered yeah. and that I remembered being interested um, and, and lightly remembered being interested in sort of the, the nowness idea in the way mm -hmm. that like Ram Dass really sort of solidified for a lot of people in that 
in my yeah. sister's generation. Um, but it was only very recently that I remembered that I realized, I guess, that the only particular part of that book that I actually remember, like the words, is that yeah. part where he realizes that his eye was not what he thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, but that it seems who knows, who knows how all this works, but it seems that that stuff can sort of run subconsciously, even if you're not aware of it at all, as seems to have happened with you when you watched that yeah. video, you know, you, you kind of can't even really grok it, you know, you just know that it's a question that seems it's very difficult to categorize. And then you don't even know where you would begin breaking it down, you know? It took me a good two years to even understand the concept behind. That's all I, I was trying to read about, uh, the no-self thing. Mm-hmm. And just after two years that I started to open up a bit more the, the subject, I was so stuck into this one. And I know if, if you so anyone else actually starts uh, digging down that hole as well, they'll soon realize that there will be some aspects in social life that will change regarding praise and blame and something that it's uh, repeated a lot under uh, art environment. It's how effort and focus, it seems to be something you can control. Mm-hmm. And whoever doesn't have focus or effort or hard is not hard working enough, it's their blame. Yeah. Because well, you just just do more hard work, just just be better. You know? Yeah. It's it, it's accepted as something good. Oh, that person's so hard working. So it means that if I'm not, it, 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 I'm open to be blamed about something. Uh, and that changes so much. I don't think you can, well, it will extend to everything, but I don't think you can blame anyone for anything. Yeah. Uh, that's a big claim. And I don't think we should go into that. Just keep on the art sphere yeah. for now. Uh, but how can, how can you blame? Where do, where do you stop that line? How many steps behind you choose to stop? And okay, at that, from that point on, I'll blame that person for everything. <laughs> But before that, let's not talk about it. Uh, and you can get to that conclusion through biology, through f- physiology, through hard science, through contemplation in your own mind. Yeah. Uh, that's where at least where I, where I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to just compl- ditto on all of that. You know, um, yeah. I don't I don't know where you would draw the line, but I yeah. I certainly. Um, I certainly think that view is crazy. You know, it's, it's, if there was a, if there was a particular problem I'm trying to like get people to just leave behind with the stuff that I talk about on my YouTube, it probably would be that like, just don't, it's, it is rational to blame others or to put this, this sense of burden on them. Yeah for for how they're going to go for this thing they want to do what they're capable of it's like we can have a re- as realistic a discussion as we want about how much work you need to if you if you want to do perspective based work how yeah. much work is necessary to get good at perspective 
right? Yeah. To understand it. We can have as realistic a discussion about that as we want, and we can get as nitty gritty as we want. The it only becomes a problem when you then when when either someone else or the person self-reflexively blames themselves for being unable to do it or yeah. to focus on it or to get it, you know? That's really the only point where it becomes a problem. And the reason that I, you know, started making videos and stuff like that is that as far as I could tell, it was becoming a problem way too often. Yeah. It's, it's what like, has to happen is measurable. You know mm -hmm. the, the path and what you have to repeat many times to, to learn. But it has no moral value. Yeah. And that's what I think you, what you're trying to break away. So this mm -hmm. is the practice. This is what had to happen somehow over any amount of time. Yep. But that has no moral value at all. Yeah. Uh, zero... And I think you're doing a great job, man. As good as it, as language can <laughs> can do. Well, that's a that's yeah. a good review. I thank yeah. you for that. I thank you for that. Yeah. yeah it uh, the way that you put it is is really it. It's like it has no moral can seem like a big word, but it really does have the it has the valence necessary because when we beat up on ourselves about the art we really it does often go the way of like a moral a moral admonition on ourselves yeah. we it really quick it's very rare that it's balanced it's usually like uh, when it starts it crashes immediately into i'm a bad person it's like, <laughs> like you really you take it as personal as possible you're like i I'll never achieve my goals. My dreams are illusions. I'm a horrible person who just can't can't do even the things they want to do. Like, yeah, it it really becomes so. It becomes like a foundational attack on yourself so fast, yeah. and then that really feels moral. It feels like you are making some sort of moral judgment about yourself, um, and you're only bad compared to something else. Mm -hmm. So you're also projecting to some something else being. Some someone else being higher than you or better than you. Yeah. So there's it's go going wrong in every way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the other the other half of this, which we touched on before, is that um, you can't actually, as much as people hate hearing it, you cannot claim complete ownership over how good you are if you're good <laughs> at art. You know. Oh, know. <laughs> you just you just can't. I mean, you it yeah. it. At a certain point, it, it becomes truly ludicrous to imagine <laughs> that you could do that, you know? But we pay so well for whoever says that. <laughs> I know. We pay so well. <laughs> uh, but, because, because clear answers really have a high value, you know? Like yeah. we, we, and we want to raise them up. Yeah. And certainly the internet likes to raise yeah. up clear, clear answers. Even clear. if they're not good or bad, just clear, <laughs> just clear, right? You could say yeah. whatever you want as long as you're decisive yeah. about it. People will be like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good." Um, and yeah, it, it it puts people in knots. But um, you know, it, it's probably good to say on uh, just to put it clearly. You know, for me personally, I I don't feel any. I almost want to say pride. Like I don't feel there's nowhere to put pride <laughs> yeah. in in how in my skill, right? Like yeah. I'm not interested in that. My 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 pride lands on I on my best days I feel unbelievably fucking lucky to be the person I am. <laughs> it seems what are the odds, you know? And just like yeah. once once, you know, on on a good day I accept my my flaws and my successes. 
And when they're when they're viewed kind of equally, you're like, okay, lucky me. I, I get to be alive in this world and do this stuff and I get to live with my problems and my good things. And this is just, yeah. you know, when things get balanced out, it, it can feel it's all mm, it's all gravy, baby. You know, it's great. Yeah. So that if there if there's pride in the practice, it's in that. You know, it's yeah. I feel super lucky that I get to practice and um, but there's no there's no pride in my skill. You know, my skill yeah. is my skilled was gained basically by accident of birth. You know, <laughs> my my skill is just I happen to have this energy level and I have the books that I read happen to have been published. Now I happen to live yeah. in that world. And there's nowhere for there's nowhere for me to land in any of that. It's all it's all the good luck of everything around me. You know, it, yeah. it, it has nothing to do with me, as far as I can tell. You know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. If if you if you, I, I completely agree, but I can also see people not uh, feeling too comfortable with this because it takes away many of the things that are praised. Yeah. In the society, so in a way, I think if things went our way, the whole society would break into something else. <laughs> into something else, probably. Uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's hard to stop the, the, the subject at any point without mm -hmm. explaining a lot more. Because it's also unfair to whoever is suffering. Uh, mm -hmm. It's unfair to other cultures that are not open to even think clearly about many things either because of war or 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 po politics or religious uh, issues I, so i don't know yeah. uh, that's why I, I don't talk about all this that much yeah and i kind of in a way i'm also asking here to we have to stop at some point uh, <laughs> on the subject of of blaming or praising sure. even though it's it, that's where it goes. That's yeah. where it goes. It's even bigger than art, bigger than uh, than us as individuals. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can I, sense the unfairness in there. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. would agree. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, and it's a problem that I run into as I write the videos all the time. Yeah. Is um, the the foundational level of the art practice that I'm trying to that I'm trying to break down and discuss with people it's my biggest effort in in producing the videos and stuff is in just applying a thin veneer that will hide the hide the fact that it's just about life that it's just about yeah. that i am sort of that it, of course it's just bleeding into everything it's into everything yeah. and, and if you're going to accept any of these things about if you're going to accept any of these things about how you sit in front of a piece of paper or a computer screen, you're pretty quickly going to have to accept them about everything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it becomes a, uh, a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, it can be a hard pill to swallow. My God, once you swallow it, there's, you know, there's a lot yeah. there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I should also disclaimer, like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking the best art best. Right. Like, no, it's not about that. Yeah. It's, yeah, not about, it, it's about really liking things. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's it's a very they're 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 like two completely different discussions, you know. Like my yeah. my Instagram feed is full of the the art that I like best and that I think is like whoa, what, how amazing that deserves you, their attention. Yeah, yeah. It's like my that's what my yeah. feed is full of. Yours is the same, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's it. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, of course. It's just about. It really is about that point where it gets personal and self reflexive and creates yeah. creates harm. That's really. That's really the point of interest, you know. Yeah. That's really where it becomes practical and and interesting. So, is there anything? Yeah. Um, are there any particular topics that you would want to uh, go into that are maybe um, haven't haven't followed this particular course for, for a lot of time? And I'm still am uh, I still am interested in how forms and shapes can mean anything. Oh yeah. So in my case, I really like to develop uh, the human figure, but mm -hmm. with an underlying theme behind. So it's not really about the human body. It's just like we as being a body and a mind uh, is a vessel to so many symbols and concepts. So yeah. at least for me, I think it's a good way. It's a good thing to explore through forms. But. Uh, for the last, uh, let's say, last four years here in New Zealand, uh, and I put it really precise that, that way because here is where it actually started. Because up to this, up to three years ago, roughly, uh, I was really into precision and realism, mm -hmm. and thinking that if you can get the anatomy as precise as possible, this is where all the the good stuff lies. Yeah, that's where you can extract the most meaning and the good work. But then, uh, through a lot of contemplation, thinking, trying a bunch of shit, uh, I realize it's none of this. So anatomy, the human anatomy, is just a tool. Mm -hmm. The body itself, the human body itself, the human figure, is another tool. Mm -hmm. the pose, the expressions are not more tools, and the form where it brings all together how you depict all that complexity and chaos of nature uh, and it's probably my struggle is just to how to put all of that into words and how to actually apply some of that yeah. so if I'm, I'm not copying nature precisely because it's impossible right it's just impossible yeah. if you zoom in on human skin you, you see like mountains and <laughs> and a bunch of things that you cannot even see. So where this precision stops, right? Right. Just, uh, there's no flat surface anywhere in the universe. Everything is really noisy. Mm -hmm. So you're just picking a place and say, okay, this is realistic, but not really. Uh, so this is a subject that you probably uh, think about and you try to represent in 2D because you're shading and uh, uh, drawing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much 3D or sculpting you, you do. But you can put that into your your reaction. Mm -hmm. uh, so before I say anything else, how, how do you you perceive forms and meaning and uh, reduction of the complexity of nature and applying all that into a art piece? Yeah, um, you're going for the big questions. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I for me. You know, this is sort of, oh man, this is like trying to open like some of the base gates of my practice. So um, <laughs> a, a lot of it comes down to me 
for me comes down to um, drawing from imagination, which is a big um, is a big like red herring a lot in online education and stuff like that. Mm. And it's just like it's a term of jargon, you know, drawing from imagination. (laughs) It's like it's all from imagination. It does. It doesn't matter like. You, you could be looking at a, li- a live model, right? Right in front of you in a class or your best friend or yeah. anything. And you think like, I'm drawing from life. It's like, what does that mean? What could that possibly mean? <laughs> like you're, you at some point are, you're looking at that thing and your imagination is doing all the work yeah. and then translating it somewhere onto the paper. So in the yeah. most, you know, it's you and me. It's not <laughs> like you are able to, really copy what you're not, seeing not at all not at all like you said like you said so and and i'm yeah. i'm so happy to be talking to you fabio because i get to because because we're already on the same base level with so much stuff i feel like i can discuss these particular elements in a way that i can't with, with a lot of other people which is great thank you so much for being my friend and for being on uh, on this call um but it, so to me, it all is drawing from imagination, no matter how close you're referencing something. And indeed, there it, it's all you're always looking at things on just a level of magnification, just some arbitrarily chosen viewpoint, right? Like, like you said, if you if you go in on skin, it's something totally different. Uh, if you go inside of us, it's something totally different. <laughs> and the, you know, it goes yeah. back to what we were saying. Like, there's no, it's all there's an infinite there's an infinite scope to the ways you could look at yourself or others. Um, and there's yeah. no, there's no real, real essential quality to capture in any deep sense. But the beauty of it is that when you do look at your friends or your wife or your dog, there is this incredibly deep added on phantom of meaning that is attached inseparably, inseparably, to, yeah. inseparably to the visual conception of it. Or, but yeah. to to say visual makes it sound like I'm locking it to a sense. If you were blind, yeah. obviously, to touch someone or something, the touch sensation yeah. would contain inseparably that meaning. Right? It would create forms. It would create a, a different kind of forms. Yeah. Someone blind, just touching form. Yeah. Still experiencing forms. Yeah. Yes. What is what is fascinating to me personally about drawing and specifically form and such is that it to me is like a perfect symbol for that highly improbable miracle of what it means mm-hmm. to experience things in the world. It's like when I look at my wife, who I love more than anything else in the world, right? Like has the deepest has the deepest layers of meaning for me to look at my wife all of that yeah if i if i step back and sort of look at it in the moment all that is present is the light and shadow shapes that i am experiencing as her in that moment Mm. but it contains everything so to some extent to some extent don't you know this sounds too radical too weird but to some extent my love for her is the love of the illusion of her, right? Like, (laughs) I can't grasp my wife, right? I can't find the part of her that is her. She's all of these multivarious things. She's her voice. She's her visual perceptions. She's the way that she feels when I hold her, right? Like, and there's no one thing. So 
really what I love is all of those various illusions of her that are inseparably also just the complete depth of meaning of her. A drawing to me is the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a layer removed, right? So uh, even just forms, drawings of forms, right? It, it, I, to the best of my capacity, anyone who's drawing, you're creating this illusion on a 2D piece of paper. And at a certain point, that is different for everyone. What you're doing on the paper, however you're doing it, crosses a line, and now it looks like something, right? It looks like a dog, yeah. a cat, your wife, or impossibly something that doesn't exist, right? Yeah. <laughs> and now that it looks like that, no one can unsee it. No one will look at that drawing of a dog and be like, confused you know if you drew it well enough right like just well just yeah. well enough they'll be like that's the dog and they'll they might know that's your dog yeah. right now all of that meaning everything that was supposed to be everything that we presume is attached only to let's say my real let's use my wife again my real wife right like mm -hmm. only my real wife is is the vessel of her being right you put it in yeah. a drawing, now it's all there. Now, now it all happened again. Everyone looks at the drawing. They're like, oh, that's that's Deirdre, right? Like that has to, that's her. That's yeah. her face. That's how light falls on her. And suddenly yeah. you created like a weird copy of all of those <laughs> meanings. And now it's attached <laughs> to a piece of paper. So, I mean, yeah. how this isn't just an infinite miracle that anyone would want to explore <laughs> for their whole life, I mean... I'm hooked, you know, like you've got me. Let's do this for until, you know, I die. Just let, let's roll with that. Um, it's truly amazing to me. Um, and for me personally, I feel the closest connection to that with form. That's why I like to draw with black and white, right? Like I, and to me, the reason that I think the reason that I, I like that is that it highlights that weirdness because a drawing that feels realistic or naturalistic or whatever word, like they're all off, right? There's no good word for it. But a drawing that feels realistic is doing something that you never experience in life, which is that it is showing you form separated from color. Yeah. And that that does not occur anywhere, anywhere. That's how everywhere that you go in the world, form is always... It, they're perfectly linked, inextricably linked together, form and color. In a drawing, you get to do the impossible and separate them. And it still feels like the thing, right? It could still feel even yeah. like a Coke can, which is all about how it's red, right? You can still draw a Coke can so if people know it's a Coke can, even though it's like, it's not just an illusion, it's hyper impossible. It's like you could yeah. never see that in the world. So to me, the like the abject startling fact of that impossible illusion is is a beautiful way to serve all of these mysteries to the viewer and that's why that's why i personally like form in particular that's why i like drawing um that's why i like monochrome and uh did that answer your question at all or did i just go off on like yeah, the... yeah. but but also i want to ask uh something on top of your mm -hmm. your your answer mm -hmm. your great answer uh so do you think of how much you can remove or simplify and still represent what you're trying to represent 
and if you do it, do you ever think about how much you can remove of what you're trying to represent? If we use your your wife again, uh, and you're trying to to draw and and shade all the forms, mm -hmm. you can go either way. You can go really realistic and draw pores and 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 lines mm -hmm. of the face and facial hairs, right? But you can go the other way. Maybe the other extreme would be, okay, so this dot on the, the sheet of paper, that's my wife. Mm -hmm. It would be hard for people to connect because it's just just you, right? Yeah. There's something in between that's where you land. Mm -hmm. So the first question would be, where, where do you land on that gradient of options? Mm -hmm. And how do you perceive the more you remove out of, out of the, the complexity? Is that is that something you you pursue? You try to simplify things to make it clear your your message. Mm -hmm. I agree with you that there's a, I think, an infinite realm of simplifications and stylizations that can produce the same effect, right? Where you sort yeah. of have given the viewer this impression of the thing and they can't unsee it, right? So, um, yeah. I to answer that part of your question, I'm pretty radically open-minded on that like uh yeah i do think if if the dot works for you as the artist to represent the thing <laughs> i'm down like that yeah that that's it sure you know um yeah. and and yeah like you said then just the problem becomes communicating it to others um yeah. so i do believe and i'm fascinated by the fact that you can stylize you could theoretically stylize or simplify in an infinite variety of ways and still yeah imbue the thing with those meanings right so yeah. and and i think that that's probably a perfect mystery there's probably no explaining that um and <laughs> it's a great mystery <laughs> it's amazing and um to me for me the reason that i land where i land really comes back to the fact that i that i like to work from my head from imagination mm -hmm. as you know as much as is practical as much as i um as i can um because I choose my, for example, the level of forminess that I like to put in my drawings. I like to do that because that's how my ideas come to me. So, uh, which is actually, you know, one, one of my, one of my big questions for you. And one of the things that I'm most fascinated in asking artists about, um, is do you have any sense of how your ideas first present themselves? And I, I think that I think Whoa. it's 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 a weird one. It's a big one. Um, and I think that there's 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 all sorts of answers. And there's also just yeah. like my ideas don't appear. They just uh, I just react to what's already on the paper or whatever's in the tool. Right. Like which is all which is fascinating on its own. But for me, when I when I have the first visual impression of something that I want to draw, it looks like that it's like there mm. there's no there's usually no color right like i don't visualize any it doesn't usually come with a visualization of color and it usually is quite for me like mm. has a lot of form in the way that i like to draw so that's how i pick that for myself personally it just feels right to try to move towards what the mental conception was so right. if I could ask you, you know, what is your relationship to how your ideas present themselves um, if you if you feel like you have gained any any purchase and understanding them in that way? 
right? Uh, I'll try my best to answer, and it was kind of answered you know, throughout the conversation. Mm -hmm. So one part of the answer would be, I now have this overall theme that I, I, I think it, it matters most to me, mm -hmm. right? The self or reality, uh, the human condition and all that. Uh, so it's hard for me to, if you ask me, can you sculpt, sculpt anything right now? Anything. So it's open, open space. I would probably land on that that space naturally, because yeah. that's what's uh, uh, it's my current focus. So it's not as open as the question would uh, assume anymore, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where where I find myself uh, recently, right these days. And uh, when I finally sit down and start doing something, I never, I usually don't know where things are going. I have a sense that I want to uh, create a human of some kind or play with the shapes or uh, push the extremes to see where my intuition goes, mm -hmm. to see where it breaks without references. That's a great exercise, right? You don't use references. You just try to see uh, how far your knowledge is. Uh, I usually do it. And then more is happening in real time than I like to accept actually <laughs> so you, you see something and then you you change and then maybe your idea shapes into something else mm -hmm. so it's not like i even had an idea before that is building up to something i just had a drive to sit down and do something right and then it kind of develops itself but also uh with that that happens all the time that's my uh normal state i would say but one thing that happens, uh, it's with music. So when I listen to music and it for whatever reason touches me, I have a strong feeling of I want to sculpt something while mm. listening to the music. Whoa. So it's not like, okay, I thought of this shape because the songs, the lyrics are singing this. It's just that the music put, in, put me into a state that I want to sit down and sculpt. And then as I sit down and move my hand and listen to the music, then the thing kind of just uh, develops itself. It's usually going to be under that a bigger theme, right, of, uh, of the human condition and all that. Mm -hmm. the, the model itself is just develops itself. And, and, and that's why uh, it takes more time for me to finish a work. Because I always start with... I sketch, so in ZBrush, have you played with ZBrush? Before? Yeah, yeah. So in ZBrush, you can bring a good base mesh, like a human base mesh with uh, the topology mm -hmm. and just pose and shape, but I don't like it. I prefer to start with a, a sphere or whatever simple shape and then use what uh, in ZBrush you call DynaMesh. So it's a really uh, bad uh, type of geometry for production. You don't use DynaMesh for production, mm -hmm. right? So if the fingers, they're all connected, it's really yeah. messy. I've suffered that from mesh. that. Yeah, but it, when it when opens up for you to explore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it opens up for you to explore a lot more. But then if you want to push further the model, then you have to stop and deal with all the technical part of 3D. And that's why it takes me more time, because I always start with the goddamn Me, uh, messy mesh <laughs> and then when the thing develops and I want to finish and render 
then I'll shit. Now I have to stop for, I don't know, half a day and fix the topology and mm-hmm. maybe UVs and all that shit. Uh, so it's a bit, a bit uh, chaotic, I would say, the process. But the idea is just developing as, uh, as it goes or with music, as I said. Very interesting. That's that's. I think that's my process. <laughs> gotcha. Now the 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 yeah. mu- the music thing in particular is very um yeah is is interesting. I was not expecting that. I don't think. I mean, it, um, it could be because I I played the guitar. Uh, I I've been mm. playing for I don't know fifteen years. Whoa. Uh, okay, so electric that, guitar. That makes sense then. It really. I'm not a musician. I just enjoy playing. I play just for myself here, headphones or with the uh, sounds on sometime uh, yeah. on the, the speakers. But it's just something I enjoy doing. It's, but it, it is probably ingrained in some deeper way how I, I enjoy music. I'm I would, not sure. I would and if we so. ever talk about psychedelics now or some other time, mm-hmm. music has a, has a special taste, special flavor. Yeah. during the, the experience that nothing else has. So I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. a tool that I that it works for me and I use it. So just as a uh, an additional comment on this, I, I recently uh, talked to a friend and what he does is not with music, but what he does is whenever he reads a book and it, it touches him and it moves his, uh, his feelings in some way, he likes to sketch ideas, even though he's not a 2D artist. He's a 3D artist uh-huh. as well. He never shows his drawings to anyone. It's like a secrecy <laughs> for him. Whoa. But that's his process. So through the book, he has to sketch something. So huh. that inspiration can come from, from many, many ways, from many, many places. In his case, it comes from books. In my case, I, I realized after he told me this, I, I realized I never wanted to sketch out of the books that I read, even though I've been reading a lot. But in my case, it works better with music. So yeah. I just take it. I take the chance and <laughs> go with it for now. Super cool. Did I, did I answer your, your question? Yeah, yeah, I Was think it? so. And uh, I'm always interested in sort of the, um, the creative synesthesia that happens for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't have, um, you know, I don't do any music or anything like that. Um, I, I really feel like the drawing, the art is really my main creative uh, outlet, you know? Um, so I'm always very interested in people who sort of have multiple outlets and sort of how those things cross yeah. over. I find that stuff fascinating because I have so little experience with it, you know? Um, I, I, do a, I do a little bit of writing. I've done a little bit of writing, but it has never... Um, I don't even, like, want to draw the things I'm writing, <laughs> you know? They don't really create any kind of, like, um, overlap. You know, yeah. so I'm I'm always very interested in the synesthesia quality, uh, the yeah. mixing of these cre- of these different creative and central elements. It really feels like it's it's very connected with the um, with the motor function of doing it. Yeah, let me just add that uh, with ZBrush, you have some crazy brushes, crazy brushes that they turn and rotate and just spit out clay, and it's not as controllable. And I actually like to use those tools. Yeah, because if you're really Thinking too much sometimes gets in the way of that first shock of of intuition. Yeah, and that can bring a lot. Because in my case, if I listen to to a music that touches me, I have to get that feeling out of me somehow as fast as possible. So sometimes, if you're really controlling, oh, let me fix all the 
topology here, mm-hmm. then you're you're missed your chance. Yeah. The yeah the chaotic brushes they do help the the iteration part in the beginning, mm-hmm. which I think is the most important. And then after a point is just really developing the, what the main idea was. Yeah. Gets more technical. And then I said with drawing you can get right away with the iteration. You can move your hands really fast, even close your eyes if that works for, mm-hmm. for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. That's all that I said. I know that I like to. Even when I'm pretty far into a drawing, I like to sort of snap into times where I'm like, let's just draw way faster than we're comfortable with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, I, I especially like doing that uh, when there's already a lot of work in the drawing. So mm-hmm. I'll take a, I'll take the pencils and I like taking the stump at times like that and just going way too fast and just not knowing what I'm doing. And um, that is, well, I mean, you know, it it... I like doing it because it does something a lot of the time, yeah. right? Like it, it does, um, it does, it does usually produce, it usually breaks some part of the drawing, but then I can just fix that part. And then I, yeah. it usually does do something quite interesting on another part of the drawing, um, yeah. that I probably wouldn't have arrived at conceptually, no matter how hard I yeah. try. And, um, and I also like in those moments, um, because I sort of like choose to like raise my tempo to do that. It's also an opportunity to, um, watch my mind panic when I do that, which is really fun. So I know yeah. like, okay, so I'm going to take a few minutes here on this drawing that I've already spent 30 hours on. I'm going to take a few minutes here where I could ruin it. Like I'm just, I'm going to go way, way faster than I feel comfortable and just do whatever to it for two or three minutes straight. Um, and as soon as you start, your mind freaks out, right? <laughs> and it's really fun to just watch that. Yeah. And be like, it's gonna happen anyway. Screw it. Like, let's. It can get ruined. Who cares? Like, we'll just yeah. we'll just get through <laughs> it. Um, that sort of becomes that internalized goal thing again, and can become very satisfactory in its own right. That's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So, can I can I ask you just out of my just for my sheer curiosity, do you ever feel like, um, even if it's not typical, do you ever feel like? Do you ever feel like an idea comes by being like seen in the mind's eye? Do you ever feel like anything is ever like glimpsed in a flash? Well, I, I've experienced that I that, that before of having a, like a clear vision of the piece, mm-hmm. but it never worked well. Yeah. I just gave up on the piece. It, it, it looked. I even had a well two times. I had dreams, and in the dream, it felt so perfect, like the best idea. But when when I was actually doing the the idea and creating on top of that idea, it looked really really horrible. <laughs> I just gave up. Yeah. And the same with the that flash of image that came to me sometimes. Oh, it could be a pose or a theme. It never worked really. Uh, some of my best works that I like the most, not my best works, but that I, that I like the most. I mm-hmm. look and I feel you know feels nice <laughs> was just from you can call it studies or sketches yeah and then i saw something that sketch and then okay that, that that's really good either mm-hmm. from listening to music or just uh, sketching something uh, yeah. without thinking too much these are the the best ones that uh, i like the most really yeah i mean i've i've definitely yeah. um I feel like uh, I, I have a lot of drawings that are just sketches that I wish I could sort of, you know, the, the hard thing with a drawing is that like 
it can work as a sketch and then it's yeah. too small, <laughs> right? And you can't, so it's like, all right, well, I can blow it up and transfer it, but then it loses so much when it gets yeah. transferred that it really, yeah, um, the vast majority of the time, it's just like for all that effort, I'm like, the sketch is better. The little thumbnail is on yeah. its own a much better thing. Um, and yeah, for me, when I, I also experience that when I do see something very clearly for the drawing, um, I don't think it's ever carried through to the finish mm. like that. Right. That may be the seed, right? That may be where everything starts, but it yeah. always changes in the middle of it. There always yeah, needs to be some. Changes, yeah. yeah, there always needs to be some amount of transformation. Well, I think we talked about everything that I wanted, not not the psychedelics and all that which... we we will definitely need to talk about yeah. that yeah 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 but it's been great to have sort of the um it's been great to talk to you sort of about the groundwork of yeah. your practice how you've been experiencing it um and really your journey and our kind of shared viewpoint on where these weird i don't know how to put it philosophical <laughs> snags are that really get people trapped yeah. and going through a lot of pain and um, yeah, I'm going to let you go so that you can go okay. uh, do whatever you need to do. And uh, I just want to okay. thank you so much, Fabio, for being here and for uh, sharing your thoughts with uh, everybody on this channel, because um, it's super valuable to just show people that, you know, this is real. You really can relax and just do things in a more patient way and find great, great joy in the practice in that way. And um, you don't need to get so bound up and i think that you're a great example of that and uh, i just really want to thank you for sharing your viewpoint with everybody man this has been great oh thanks so much for the chance and uh i'm always happy to to share the thoughts and engage with people and having the chance to engage with you i, I love how you put out your ideas and such organized way and beautiful words as i told you <laughs> the <laughs> it's it's great to hear and when i read the comments i see people saying oh it's i need you on the background to so i can draw i don't draw as much uh to, to become an illustrator but it also helps having you you know awesome. sharing your ideas so i'm happy to be part of it and whenever you 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 want to do it again man uh, i'm yeah. free let's please do it again this has been okay. great and i've really enjoyed this conversation thank you fabio thank, thanks so much All man. Right.